Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 71, and today we're going behind the story. I'm your co-host, Nigel. I am Tazzy. I'm an online content creator and co-host. And our guest for this interview episode is comic creator and illustrator, Rachel Smith. Rachel, how's it going? Hello, it's going really well, thank you. How's your how's your cat doing? I feel like we might need to check up every so often. <laughs> he's good. I was just explaining to Nigel that my cat is right next to me and he's having quite an energetic bath, so his bell keeps jingling <laughs> and he was very meowy earlier, so he might um he might make his own appearance in the show. Yeah, he's waiting for the opportunity to join. <laughs> so we are I think we are gonna get to your cat at some point. So awesome. yeah, just let him let him know. <laughs> Well, that'll be the moment that he just leaves the room. Like he's not. <laughs> when you want him around, he's, he's outside. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll check in and we'll see see what's happening. Uh, Rachel's cat. We also uh, we might also talk to Rachel as well. Who knows? Um, so uh, as always, you can uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com. Pop them in our Discord or throw them at us on social media. We are at myamada on Twitter, at myamada TV on Instagram, uh, and at Tazzy on both. Before we get into our interview questions, uh, we're going to give a quick check on what's happening in the myamada universe. <laughs> Speaking of comics, we are working on our uh, our own comic, uh, Serious Through the Fog, which has been in development for a, I feel like about a year. I, I, we did the Kickstarter and started writing it. Um, so it's been a little while, but we are making good progress. So we are developing the sketch pages. So it's, it's written, we're working through uh, the artwork and we're preparing for a mid-July lease. It was going to be June, but like Boris, we have uh, extended extended the deadline uh, on the release of that comic. Uh, we checked the numbers; they didn't line up, so we had to give it another month. But hopefully, ready for the lifting of lockdown, we'll have our own story out. So, yeah, please do keep an eye out for that. For those that don't know, this is a story that uh, was kickstarted, like I mentioned last year, uh, as a as a way to um, develop a story in the Mayamada universe that focuses on positive lessons and outcomes that can be had in a pandemic type situation, such as the one we find ourselves in. Uh, so yeah, thanks to our Kickstarter backers for making it happen. We've shared some early artwork with Kickstarter backers. We also shared one of the variant covers on our live stream, uh, which will be up in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, we're going to be sharing more across social media, uh, more of our Kickstarter backers and Studio 77 members. I mentioned the podcast live stream. In June, we did a uh, live stream, mid-season, sorry, mid-season live stream with a bunch of guests. And we started off with uh, myself, Tazzy, my medical founder, Lau, and artist, uh, Penani. So we were talking about the, the comic, uh, the process of making our manga, our favorite stories, and whose My Matter character resembles them the most. And I got a few votes, although the answer is still, still loud. So if you missed those, uh, that live stream, the VOD is still available, so you can catch that. 
We're also going to have the uh, video segments up for members and audio versions of each segment during the live stream available on the podcast feed over July. So yeah, that's what we're working on comic-wise. Uh, let's continue the comic discussion and go behind the story with today's guest. And as I mentioned, we're going to be talking to uh, Rachel Smith and possibly Rachel's cat. Uh, Rachel has created many critically acclaimed graphic novels. She's working on Titan's Doctor Who comic series and currently working on Isabella and Bloodwin. Bloodwin. Yes. <laughs> Funny <laughs> and, uh, name, is right? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I had um, like a moment. Is that like a W before the D or D before the W? <laughs> um, so as well as making her quarantine comic series inspired by the lockdown. So we are absolutely going to get into all of that. So what, like we do, I want to start at the beginning, like any good story, and just uh, ask Rachel, so where... Where did you grow up and what did you do before you became a comic creator? Oh, okay. I grew up in Stockport, which is kind of near Manchester in the UK. And uh, I mean, I didn't really, I've had a really illogical route through life. I didn't really realize I wanted to be a writer or an illustrator till I was 23. So I had quite a few jobs between uh, that and that. But so if I went through all of them, that probably use up our hours so <laughs> let's not do that um but i've done things like i've worked in offices and and uh, in restaurants and bars and stuff i've kind of done a little bit of everything but yeah i i um i've always loved drawing but it had always been kind of a hobby it's like something i do on the weekends or in the evenings and then um yeah it wasn't till i kind of i moved i had this kind of um big job in london for a while where i was doing uh, pr actually for for like art galleries and stuff but I um, fell in love with someone in Leicester. So I ended up moving to Leicester and kind of, kind of, it was sort of a stripping away of everything else in my life. And it gave me a chance to sort of rethink what it was I wanted to do in my life. And I realized that it was drawing and writing that made me the happiest. So, so yeah, I got a, a job in a cafe. My family at this point were just like, what on earth are you doing, Rachel? <laughs> um, you had this really good job in London. And now you're working at a cafe. Uh, but I just got a, a, a job that I wouldn't take home with me and one that I could sort of uh, manage my hours depending on how busy I got with, with uh, drawing and stuff. And I just did that for a while. And then um, as my, yeah, I, I got kind of into comics because they were the sort of marriage between illustrating and, and uh, writing so that became uh, just a, a no-brainer for me to go into. And um, just as I got more and more, um, kind of was able to to um, stand on my own two feet with, with comics work, I was able to just take my, my cafe job down to minimal hours. And uh, yeah, now I've been I've been full-time comics for, for a few years now. So Wow. <laughs> that was really cool. So you... You didn't initially intend to work in comics because, and you touched on something that has like come up before on the podcast. And I've certainly heard it from like some of the young people that we work with, where this idea that something like comics and you can substitute comics for, you know, we've had conversations on video games, uh, whatever it might mm. be, is just a hobby. So it's just for the weekends, uh, the evenings, if you have time. So you were in that, in that space. I was. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people start there because you know you can't just pick up a pen and be like I'm going to work for Marvel or something yeah. like you have to <laughs> you have to have started and you you have to have made a lot of like rubbish comics 
Um, I nearly said a bad word there, but I caught myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to make a lot of rubbish drawings and you have to write a lot of rubbish stories before you start becoming good at it and, and realizing where your strengths are. So, yeah, st- starting it as a hobby is, is a really good idea, actually. And, um, yeah, starting starting small is a really good idea as well. I've seen a lot of people start these they have these um wild ideas to do like huge graphic novels as their first um their very first project and you yeah, know you're going to get us, so much better yeah but as you draw this massive thing you're going to get better and then you're going to want to go back and be like oh well i'll draw the first few pages again and this this it just becomes this big unwieldy thing that you never actually finish i've seen that happen a, a few times and it's all good practice but if you want to get something out, I would start with like a little zine or something and take it to like a local comic show and see how, see how you do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, that's, that's solid advice. I uh, wish I'd uh, spoken to you uh, when we started. Um, <laughs> uh, so without going into sort of our background, because I'm sure I've mentioned it to sort of people before, but we started, this was like very early in Kickstarter days. Uh, and my background mm-hmm. is... Uh, engineering so I was a software engineer and myself and nice. co-founder Lau thought we can just jump to making big graphic novels so we're going to do a kickstarter to do four different stories with four different artists having never made a comic before I mean if I may backtrack I'm not saying it never works yeah well it did work for us anyway so we had to kind of scale things down start with one and go from there so yeah solid advice and also interesting to see uh, to hear you say you picked a job or you went for a job that you could leave or you, you wouldn't take home with you. Mm, especially working in London as well. Like, even if it isn't a job that, that you take home with you, which mine was, by the time you finished and gone for a drink with your pals and then got home and had dinner, it's like two in the morning. Like, everything mm. takes so long in London, just getting from one side of it to the other. So moving to Leicester was good as well because it gave me, like, a bit a bit more time to sort of just sit and sit with my ideas and 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 read as well like the, making sure you've got the time to read comics if you want to make them is is so important and reading other other things as well like novels and and um you know and poetry just just trying to soak up as many ways of telling stories as possible is always going to really help you tell yours and you mentioned that your your family was weren't necessarily the most enthused um how how did that go and how did you turn them around have you turned them around <laughs> yeah it it wasn't they weren't that they were not enthused i think they were just a bit like what <laughs> what are you doing they were confused it's, uh, but they like i'm very lucky my family have always been very very um they've always they've always encouraged me to to do what makes me happy and uh, I thought at this point, especially my mum was sort of cottoning on that I wasn't actually the happiest in, in London working the job I was doing. I was kind of doing PR for art and I was like, mm, I wish I was making this art <laughs> instead of trying <laughs> to get other people to look at it. Um, so it was already kind of dawning on me that maybe I needed to be on the other side of things. Not necessarily um, like modern art like I was I was repping back then, but um, yeah, just any any kind of I I missed creating things. I think yeah. it was the bottom line, and and that job in London, I I just didn't have time to to create anything. Were you any good at the job itself? Were you like were you just like folding it in? Because I I also did that at one point, which I probably shouldn't admit. <laughs> I got fired, so I can't have been that good. <laughs> <laughs> I I, the job in particular, I didn't make uh, my probation period. So, okay, okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's a sign. I'm, I'm definitely better on the other side of things. 
<laughs> okay, I I jumped before I was pushed, so. Okay, I should have. I, yeah. I needed to be pushed. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you get pushed because uh, you're not putting in all the effort because you want to jump. So yeah, that's, that's a good thing to bear in mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it would be a cooler. It would be a cooler story, wouldn't it? If I was like, stuff your job. I'm gonna go be famous. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, you should you should just like retcon that and okay, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, just edit that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, no, they were like, "Oh, Rachel, you're not really very good at this." <laughs> 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 that was fair enough. And like, what at what stage where was it where you felt like this is working? As in the the jump to like now I'm going to focus on on comics. What stage did you did you realize like yeah I can actually make a career with this? I think it was the first time I did a comic convention. Funnily enough, which brought me back to London to do that. It was the um, one of the MCM London ones. Okay. And it was it was really really early on. I was making these little comics about um, it, my first kind of project. First kind of long form project was called One Good Thing, and I would draw like a nice thing that happened to me every day, and then I would collect those drawings up into months. And then I would do a very short print run at my local printers in Leicester and, um, yeah, collect those into little books. Uh, so I took some of those to, to London Comic-Con and um, people seemed to really like them. Um, like, uh, I guess they were quite different from the usual kind of superhero type stuff. So maybe I, I stuck out a little bit. I probably stuck out anyway because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, I was like walking around wide-eyed, like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> like a little tourist. But it was after that weekend, I was absolutely exhausted. Um, Comic-Cons are pretty uh, intense. But yeah, on my way home, I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to let this not be my career now. Because there's obviously something in what I'm doing that people are really interested in. Uh, you know, people I've never met before bought quite a few of my comics at London. So there must be something I'm doing right. I just need to hone in on that and, and uh, exploit whatever that, that piece of me is. And uh yeah. <laughs> yeah isn't that that's the that is the one is it's the people i don't know like what mm, i do yes because so like, people close to you will be like oh yeah great good uh, good on you rachel yeah this is this is great that that's almost like default <laughs> um expected yes. but when it's like i don't even know you we've never met but you're like enthusiastic about what i'm doing there must be something here Yes. And that's the, when, you know, the first time that happens, you just, it's an, an amazing feeling. It still is an amazing feeling, but when you're not expecting it, it's just like, oh, you want this. Yeah. Okay. But you don't, you, you sure? don't know me. You <laughs> <sure>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's putting you up to this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Did my mum send you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that feeling. So then like considering you, you said you didn't necessarily set out to make comics uh, as a career from the beginning did you actually go to school to study art illustration or are you self-taught um i did fine art at uni with my degree and then my postgrad i did museum and gallery studies because i thought i wanted to work in in galleries and museums and stuff and i still love museums and galleries but yeah it's almost like they they should have been the hobby <laughs> and <laughs> illustration should have been the main thing but you know I don't regret any of that education I don't think any education is ever a waste of time but um yeah I guess if I could go back I would study illustration instead of like fine art and stuff but you know maybe that would have I don't know you never know path, what, yeah. what happens to you maybe that would have not made me a better creator I don't know I mean you've got like that different appreciation for different styles of art I guess and 
things like that. Yeah, and I know in in uh, in my fine art career, like um, my fine art degree, it was like sort of cartoony type illustration was kind of frowned upon. We were supposed to be doing or aiming much higher, you know, much more high end. Uh, so maybe illustration would have been the same. I don't know, but um, I'm glad I came back around to it anyway. <laughs> Drawing my big googly eyes on everything and <laughs> big cartoon faces. <laughs> Um, and I know this is a podcast, this is like a worse question for an audio podcast, but how would you describe your art style and comic work? I thought you were going to like do as a little dance or something. I was like, what on earth is he going to do? So my stuff is very cartoony. It's quite... Mm. See, so if we're going to talk about quarantine comics, that's all quite simple and black and white and very straightforward. But I do do some like slightly more detailed stuff i'm working on a book at the moment actually called the queen's favorite witch which was written by uh, benjamin dixon and it should be published later this year by paper cuts with a z and uh that some of the pages in that are, are very very detailed like there's it's about um uh, the main character daisy who's a witch and there's a there's a lot of her like flying over medieval london and drawing those pages you know made me a want to kill Ben, but uh, B, you know, really, really made me bring my A game to, to those pages. And I'm, I'm really proud of them. But yeah, um, a lot of the time, my sort of day to day sort of diary comics are, are very simple. And sometimes I even color them in. So, you know. Oh, interesting. And in terms of like, from your first comic called first graphic novel, was that, was that your own work? Was that working with someone else? Like, what did you start out with? My first graphic novel was called House Party, and it was about kind of and it yeah I wrote it as well, so it was all me, and that was published by Great Beast, who were kind of an artist collective. So they like um, so there were other comic artists who and, and writers who had already published a lot more than I had, so I was able to learn a lot from them, which was a really nice way of doing it. And uh, yeah, that story was about kind of a, a bunch of twenty somethings who had become a little bit disillusioned with what they were doing a little bit like me I suppose um, and sort of were thinking about jumping ship and, and doing something else but you know they'd all kind of got used to a certain lifestyle and yeah so they decided to instead of working through their problems they decided to solve it by just having a massive house party to try and relive some of their, their youth and uh, yeah it doesn't go well <laughs> so most of, the, most of that book is just a fallout of that awful party but yeah, like looking at it now, I'm really proud of that book. It's a little bit rough around the edges, uh, drawing wise, at times. But yeah, it's, it's it, it was it was a good first first bash, I think. <laughs> I was going to say actually, is is there any mistakes looking back at that that you would cringe at now? I think my lettering was wasn't really up to scratch. Lettering's a, a skill in comics that is looked over a lot. Like, um, yeah, it's something you you like, like like a lot of things. You only really learn from doing it over and over again. But yeah, I've I've since got better at it. Um, pretty much just from talking to letterers and and saying like, how would you do this differently? This this isn't looking right. Why isn't it looking right? And stuff like that. So yeah, the lettering's a bit <laughs> a bit ropey. But yeah, hopefully the story still comes across okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that because like the stuff that I wrote early on. Well, I, I have this thing. I, I try not to once it's done. I try not to read it because otherwise I'll just like edit <laughs> and I'll be like, oh no, yeah. actually it should have been this, it should have been <laughs> that line. So yeah, but that's, a, I guess a good thing, a sign of progress, right? He's like, okay, I'm, I'm better at this now and this is why I would, I might cringe at it. If it was like, yeah, this is still great. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. 
you you should try and focus on how far you've come rather than how bad you used to be. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was your first graphic novel, and mm-hmm. like you're kind of on your way to on your career as a as a comic creator. Was there a moment where you felt like you you made it as an artist, or is that is that even a thing? That's a really hard one because I don't think there's like a window that you break through mm. and then you've like then then you're famous. I think it's a, such a like slow, steady climb, and then you look back and and the, the window just isn't there anymore. I don't I don't think there's a moment where you're like, yes, I went through the window that time. I don't know why I've made up this window. The window, I know it's a good Yeah, yeah. I guess, it, yeah. Like, I don't think there's a moment for me. It just was so, and and like, I don't know. I'm not sure if. I mean, I'm I, I'm getting there. I still feel I have so much to learn. So I'm a little bit trepidatious about even saying like, oh yeah, I've made it, or mm. I'm really famous, or like, because I I still feel like I have a way to go. But yeah, just. I guess every day, just I try and do something to, <laughs> to make me better, um, and yeah, like I mean, I'm, I'm sure you touch on this every single episode of your podcast, but it, just doing, just doing the thing over and over and over again. What is that? It's like ten, is it ten thousand hours of something will oh, make you yes. a great, make Malcolm you a genius at it or something? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not even sure if I've hit that yet. But. Yeah, I <laughs> know, right? It's, uh... <laughs> Yeah, is the is the doing. I have to kind of remind myself of that. It's, it's a tough one though, because you never quite know. I had someone. I was in a meeting uh, a while ago, and uh, I was talking about some of the work I do, and I was like, "Oh, but I'm not quite sure." And the guy I was speaking to was like, "But you're doing it." Like, yeah, he said, "But yeah, not everyone is doing it." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Oh well, <laughs> yeah, so. and like if these things were easy, then everyone would be doing it, right? Like there are. Uh, barriers that you have to to break through like my, yeah. my window apparently yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're now breaking the window we are <laughs> also please don't break any windows <laughs> metaphorically speaking people Meta- only metaphorical windows unless it's your job <laughs> unless yeah unless it's part <laughs> of your job, job smash windows. that's a pretty cool job if that's your job well, unless it's your legal <laughs> job legal job yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> to be specific <laughs> <laughs> Some and obviously, unless you're breaking that glass ceiling, in which case, please continue. In that case, then yes, we have. So the glass ceilings are okay to break, mm. metaphorically. Also, glass in emergency. Also, glass in emergency. Okay. Also, yeah. also There's actually break. a lot of glass that's <laughs> should be broken. I've, I think we cleared that up. <laughs> Someone will have to. We've broken so many. Yeah, glass. <laughs> um. So, I mean, on that uh, idea of like making it, something I'm I'm interested to to know is because uh, you've been nominated for awards and you've won awards. How do you how do you take that? Like, what difference does that make for you as a as an artist? I mean, I'm someone who suffers quite badly with imposter syndrome, and I can talk about that at, at more length if if you want. But oh yeah, so well, if I win will. an award or if I'm nominated, my first thought is. Oh well, they must have made a mistake because <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't possibly be up for this. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but I think the the older I've gotten, the more I've realised that actually no one really knows what they're doing, and we're all just winging it. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, it it makes me very very humbled and very grateful for for all my like my my fans are the best people in the world. They're the cutest people ever, and they're just amazing. And um, 
yeah, like I'd be nothing without, you know, you need someone to read your books to, yeah, no, to, <laughs> to become anything. So, yeah, and um, yeah, humbled and, and grateful, I think. And, you know, it goes to my head a little bit. So <laughs> every now and again, I need to have a talk to myself being like, what, who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a self-confidence yo-yo, actually. So, yeah, I'll get a really good review and be like, I'm the best. And then suddenly I'll be like, I'll have a bout of imposter syndrome and be like, what am I even doing? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to draw this. What am I doing? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Tazia and I have spoken about this. Uh, I'm sure on the mm -hmm. podcast, just in general, <laughs> uh, it's definitely a thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, you are you are making it. I, uh, I saw, as well as the awards, you have a website, you've got articles published about you it's all good things it must mean you're doing something right it must mustn't it yeah that's what i keep saying to myself. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i've had some wonderful pieces written about quarantine comics which have been just just really really lovely and it's like when something like that happens i'm just like they get it they get what i was trying to say this is amazing <laughs> I've, I've actually communicated something uh, yeah. someone has taken it correctly and that's great I always, because I don't know, I always worry it's going to be mis misconstrued or, especially when it's like, because a lot of my stuff is diary comics, so it's very, very personal and about me and I'm like, oh, what if they uh, think I'm, you know, not, not very nice or something? I nearly, again, I nearly said a bad word there. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, or maybe I don't come across right or I don't know, but people seem to get it, so that's good. <laughs> right, we're going to come on to quarantine comics in in just a moment um one of the other things i wanted to get your perspective on is uh working with publishers because you do mm -hmm. you have um various works that you've got uh, via publishers and um all uh things like uh, is it the yeah the doctor who comic series with titan comics right yes mm -hmm. yeah so what's the yeah what's it like to work with a publisher versus putting work out on your own and and how do you approach both scenarios sure so working with a publisher is really really nice for one thing because they do all the things that i find really difficult like um, <laughs> they will sort out the distribution they will you know the, sort out the marketing sort out the press all, all those kind of things that i'm not really good at and it means i have more time to do what i am good at which is writing and drawing the actual book and, you know, they'll sort out, like, the actual physicality of getting it printed and, and stuff like that and make sure you're not... And they, the, a lot of the times, not all the times, but a lot of the times they will be your editor as well, which is great and so, so good, especially if you're writing something long form because it's really, really easy to get lost in it yourself yeah. and, and you've, just, you've just got all these pieces everywhere. I have a, had this really good um, analogy, and it's not mine, but I've also never written down who it was. So if anyone's listening and they know who this analogy is, please <laughs> let me know, and I will credit them. But um, someone once said, writing a, a story is a bit like building a ship, but from the inside. And if you have an editor, they're on the outside. So at least they can say things like, Rachel, your mast is on the wrong part of the boat, and you've done it, and like, you, oh, okay. you're spending way too much time on the... I don't know very much about boats. On the prow, is that a part of a boat? You're spending way too like much time word. on the crow's nest, and you should actually be building the actual like uh, underside of the boat. <laughs> I, should, <laughs> uh, I should learn more about boats before I say the this hull? analogy. The yeah, hull, I think it's the hull. Uh, yeah, you, you, Rachel, you, you've, you're building the crow's nest, and you've not even built the hull. That kind of thing. Like, it's just really nice to have someone who's on who's on your side, but who will take you to task if you if you yeah. um, are going astray. Without a publisher, and I will say, put, um, 
it is good to do a couple of books by yourself first because that when you take those to a publisher and say, hey, I've got this great idea, here's some books I've done all by myself, they will know that you will know how much work goes into putting out a book because you will have done everything. You will have done the marketing, you will have done the press, you will have rang up comic shops to see if they'll stock your book and, and all those kind of things. So it makes you much more um, uh, attractive to, to publishers if you've gone out and actually done a comic yourself. Like You haven't just sat there waiting for a publisher to pick you up. You, you, you're so passionate about making comics, you've just gone and made them. Like you know, like I did, I was just like, well, I'm just going to go get these printed at my local printers. I can only afford like 40, but that's okay. I'll have made a book and there'll be something in the world that wasn't before. And that's kind of exciting. And yeah, and they will see that excitement from you when you do end up talking to a publisher and saying, I've got this great idea. I think it would be a good fit for you. Uh, so that's kind of the difference. Um, but yeah, one, mm -hmm. one does, well, for me anyway, one did kind of lead to the other. No, I understand. I think it's, yeah, it's good to have that outside perspective. Because when you make the story, it's like, it's, it's perfect everything makes sense because you, you made it yeah. right and then someone comes along even you know i mentioned our uh the current story we're working on so as we sort of edit it it's like people pointing out like certain things i'm like oh yeah oh. <laughs> that's not <laughs> yes so I need to go back and change that so i get that oh i think we've also proved that we know way more about glass than we do about boats um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no that's good uh good gosh darn it should i become a glass blower am i in the wrong maybe, i've done it wrong again i need to rethink my whole life this is it <laughs> this is it you're in the wrong your true calling is glass work maybe my next book will be about a glass blower how about that that's there a nice uh, <laughs> nice compromise all right so i'm gonna transition into quarantine comics with this question and talk about the pandemic and how that has impacted you from a uh, let's go professional for now and then we'll kind of deal with other stuff but from a professional perspective as a comic creator how has the yeah how's the pandemic impacted you in terms of like your work has it given you more time to work with less distraction or not quite so i'm very lucky and very privileged in that i have always worked from home on my stuff I don't have a studio or anything I just I have a studio in my house where I do all my work and a lot of my clients didn't it, they were just you know yeah carry on we still need this so for me it was kind of like uh, professional wise it was kind of just yeah business as usual which was really really great um personally wise it was difficult because I found it really really hard to motivate myself sometimes because I'd, I'd literally have, then this was such a stupid idea. I would literally have the news and the death toll and, you know, the map of like who, where everyone was dying and, and stuff. Because it was hard not to look, you know, when it's something that's happening on a global scale. It's really difficult not to just be plugged into it all the time. It was for me anyway. And I would just be like, people are dying. Why on earth am I drawing this picture of a cat? Or like, what am I doing? What am I bringing to the table here? So, yeah, that's why I kind of started Quarantine Comics, because I was like, well, at least I'm getting it out. I'm, at least I'm getting my feelings about the situation out on paper. And it was kind of, I, yeah, I kind of started it just for me, for selfish reasons, just to kind of get my feelings out. And I would do that. And then I'd be like, right, come on, let's get on with proper work. Let's do a page of Queen's Favourite Witch or, or whatever. And um, But, yeah, the, then 
I would share them on on my social medias and quarantine comics actually kind of ran away with itself a little bit like people really really liked them and people really found them very relatable and um, people really responded to them and I started getting messages saying these are making me feel really less alone thank you for making them I can't believe you it's like you're drawing what's in my head and, and all this kind of stuff and I was just like oh gosh this is there might actually be something here and so um, that's how they kind of started and then I uh, I asked my agent I was like listen these are doing quite well I don't know if there's anything in them to you know go into a physical book what do you think and he was like I think it's a brilliant idea and he ended up finding Icon Books who I ended up publishing um, the book last month and um, yeah it's been doing really well and it's the first book I've had in like nor this is a horrible way of saying it because comics are books and and vice versa but like in normal bookshops like Waterstones <laughs> and stuff which I've never been able to get into before so yeah they're in like bookshops and they're in places that my mum goes in and, and she, she keeps sending me pictures of her with them and it's very sweet so yeah this is it's kind of an, a next step in my career it feels like anyway that I'm in much more, many more stores, and it's getting a, it, it's actually getting released in the US tomorrow. So at the time this goes out, it will have been like uh, a week ago or something. But yeah, so it's getting uh, uh, in places in the world I wasn't able to get to before. So, wow. um, which is kind of terrifying but exciting. That's, sometimes yeah, it's no, more really terrifying. Cool. Sometimes it's more exciting. It's a bit of a roller coaster <laughs> with Old Smith at the minute. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's very, very. It's it's exciting. It's more exciting. <laughs> No, it sounds exciting. It sounds like it, it's one of those times where, like I said, everyone in the world is experiencing this and you're creating a story that kind of taps into a lot of shared experience. Mm, yeah. So it's not surprising that like people go, oh, wow, yeah, this is, yeah, because we've, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm looking at it and it's like Zoom calls. We've, we've done that yeah. to death almost. <laughs> and, and the kind of thing, everyone knows what you what you mean. It's like, um, yeah, it's that universality. Is that a word? Universality? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's seldom that you get that kind of thing, like something that everyone in the world, it will have touched everyone's lives in some way. Maybe less so in like New Zealand. They've been pretty yeah, chill. Yeah, that's the place to be. <laughs> <about right? laughs> so, but, you know, most people will be like, oh, yeah, the, the quarantine. Yeah, I remember that. And um, there's not many things that have happened, I don't think, that, that are like that, that absolutely everyone in the world would relate to that in some way definitely makes sense um can you tell us a bit about the the characters in it particularly obviously we know you that's kind of a mm -hmm. no-brainer but um <laughs> particularly the barky and friendly characters. sure so um so i suffer from depression and anxiety and you know mental health issues so as a kind of shorthand for that I have this big black dog, who, which I think is a, a phrase coined by Churchill, I, I think. But um, I found that a, um, a useful kind of visual metaphor for my depression. Like, and he get and he's called Barky. I named him when I was quite young, so he has a really rubbish name, but I quite like it now. It kind of stuck the name, so I can't change it now. So he's called Barky, and he gets bigger if um, I'm struggling. And he gets smaller if I'm doing okay. So sometimes he can just fit in my pocket and it's it's pretty chill time. But sometimes he like sits on top of me and I can't leave the house or answer the phone or, you know, do normal human things just because he's... Yeah, and that's what depression feels like sometimes. And, and um, you know, people who maybe don't have these um, afflictions sometimes don't understand. It's like, well, why can't you just leave the house? And it's like, no, I physically can't. You don't understand. So I found that quite a useful way of explaining it. 
but yeah, there's also this uh, other dog um, who's white called Friendly, <laughs> similarly named, <laughs> very cheesy, um, who represents my kind of positivity and common sense. So it's kind of the other side of my psyche. And and again, she gets bigger and smaller as 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 my brain does its thing. So yeah, it's kind of shorthand for how I'm doing in, in the comics. So I don't have to keep saying, I'm doing okay today, or I'm not doing so good today. <laughs> so you can just look at the dogs and be like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be a difficult one <laughs> to read. But we've also got, so a big, a major story arc in the book is um, during quarantine, I was um, unable to see my boyfriend for a long time because we were in different bubbles. And for a while, we weren't even allowed to kind of come and see each other because, you know, travel wasn't um, allowed and cars were getting stopped on the road and stuff by police. So, yeah, I couldn't even like physically see him for ages, which was really difficult. So a lot of them, a lot of the comics are about that and about trying to fill the void with Zoom calls and, and phone calls and sending each other packages and stuff. And uh, yeah, as as earlier discussed, uh, my cat Rufus is in quite a lot of the um, of the comics. I think a lot of people kind of found solace in their pets, you know, because mm. they're, they're kind of always <laughs> in lockdown a little bit. Um, they're always at home. Although Rufus is an outdoor cat, but you know, he spends a lot of time inside. And then suddenly we were in the same the same shoes, so he was in a lot of a lot of the comics as well. He was he was he looked after me, he was very good. And my housemate Ian is in a lot of the comics and he was great as well. He was he was a real um a real rock <laughs> when I got upset about not being able to see Rob. I'd tell Ian I wasn't feeling so hot and we'd get pizza or something. And um also Heather, one of my best friends, is in a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, basically just kind of my bubble. And I think a lot of people had this sort of team of, this very, very small team of people behind them during lockdown. You know, people they went on walks with or people they sat in gardens with or people they walked dogs with and stuff. And I don't know, I hope they feel that with their own bubble of people, with their own team of people. And I hope it makes them um, grateful for them as well, because I was so grateful for mine. I'd have, uh, I'd have gone a bit. Even more wappy than I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, as I was like looking over. It's uh, actually I forgot a lot of stuff that happened. Even though it was just last year, like there was a point mm. where we could only go out like once and for exercise. Yeah, like, and I that was timed. That. Mm, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there seemed to be um, like updates almost every other day from Lynn yeah. Johnson. And uh, and we'd all sort of sit waiting for it to come on the telly, and it was always like half an hour late. And like, <laughs> yeah, and like we believe what he said, and like and yeah, crazy that was silly of us, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why did we do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's wild. Like, it's amazing how relatively quickly like people humans adapt. Because mm. I I generally forgot like there was a moment where like yes, we could only go out for certain times, and the streets were just quiet. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and no no cars, no hardly any cars on the road, which is just unprecedented. Well, this whole Fleming year has been unprecedented, but yeah, just very, very strange. And yeah, I'd, I'd never seen a main road so quiet. <laughs> like, so yeah, I can't remember. can't remember whenever I'd seen that. Maybe on Christmas Day sometimes, but even then, people even are then, still, yeah. still bimbling around, aren't they? But yeah. Yeah, very, very strange. <laughs> and what was the. Like, what was the impact on you on on making this this comic as it went from just the thing that you were doing for yourself to the thing that you were now sharing with, you know, loads of people? It was very strange, <laughs> but luckily I, I wasn't a stranger to 
you know, giving a lot of my life away in my comics anyway. So okay, that kind of came a little bit naturally. Although I think I'm going to get a shock when we are allowed to do conventions again. That that was always the, the, the moment I realized how much I was giving away because people would, people would come up to my table and be like, oh, hey, Rachel, how's uh, therapy going? And how's, how's your cat Rufus? And how's your boyfriend? And I'm just like, holy cow, you know a lot about my life and I don't even know your name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're dressed as card captain Sakura, so I, that might not even be your hair. Like, I, I know <laughs> so little about you. And, <laughs> and it was that those kind of moments where I'm just like, yeah, I need to remember that people do actually read these things and remember them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of readying myself for that. We talked about going to Thought Bubble, so maybe it'll happen at, at Thought Bubble this year. Yeah, that's the that's the aim. Yeah. <laughs> but the the comics themselves, like, they really ha- like they really helped me in that it was very cathartic to get it down. But it also helped me because every time someone messaged me saying, these make me feel less alone, or, wow, I can't believe you're writing about my life, or, wow, I can't believe you're in my head, can you get out of my head? That made me feel less alone because I was like, right, okay, well, I, I don't like that other people are feeling, you know, crappy about everything, but wow, yeah, I'm I'm not on my own with it. So that's actually really comforting. So yeah, it, it helped me a lot as well. So that was really nice. And oh, yeah, every every message that someone sent or every tweet or every email, like it just made it so worthwhile, um, even when it became difficult. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I can carry on doing these. Um, I would look through these messages and be like, no, no, this is actually quite important that we continue with these and people have said like the book's gonna be like what did someone call it they said it was a historical reference and i was like well i've never thought i'd be making one of those (laughs) i'm rubbish at history (laughs) wouldn't it be funny if your book ended up in a museum oh my goodness (laughs) that would yeah that would be very used in schools like us yeah and i'm my um my how's um, that for a full circle I know, I was just going to say, my um, second degree will finally come in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it does end up in a museum, I imagine it will be long after I'm not here anymore. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you, know, you never know. Fair. I'll be, I'll get there in my Zimmer frame and be like, would anyone like to know how this came about? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be mad. Yeah, because it, yeah, like I said, it is like that literally universal experience and mm. you kind of yeah captured like so many of the the familiar beats of mm. it yeah is is pretty cool i mean because I, I mentioned that at the beginning like we're doing our own i guess pandemic inspired i still don't have a better word than inspired but story about a pandemic uh so ours is slightly different in, in that it's with our characters and because one of the stories is uh, about a, a rabbit all our characters are animals but um an entrepreneur you're a you're a giraffe if i'm not mistaken uh, i i am which apparently is very fitting for me <laughs> weirdly fitting <laughs> <laughs> i am i am a giraffe um the i'm not in our i'm not in this story actually it's um oh, okay. so it's one of our characters blake who's a rabbit yeah he's kind of it's it, in a way it's, it's my story or it's a story that it's things that I was going through from a business perspective and like personal, um, partly as well. And, you know, as we were talking, I mentioned that we work with young people. So it's kind of making something that they could sort of help process sort of the, the, the year that was and everything that happened. Um, ours is still in progress, but yeah, I, I guess it will be nice to have that, uh, some similar impact where people can read it and, and it, and it helps other people through what they're going through or have been through mm. that sounds amazing that sounds very helpful so yeah no i think yeah when you get 
to the next convention or the first convention after lockdown, you'll have like a bunch of people <laughs> just referring mm. back to quarantine comics. <laughs> yeah, that would be very nice. <laughs> do you have a, I think this is a really difficult question. Um, do you have a particular one that kind of stands out to you? I know they, they all must because you literally made them all, but is there one that, or either one that you kind of resonate with or one that in terms of a response that you've had, that has been one that people gravitate to? Um, the ones with Rufus in, my cat, always <laughs> did very well. They always got like the most likes because cats are amazing. But there's one with him, and I've said, you know, he was really, really helpful to me um, in lockdown. There's one um, where I'm in bed and I'm just, I'm going to spend the day in bed because I'm feeling really, really rubbish. Rufus in, in the comics, Rufus talks. He doesn't really talk in real life, which is a shame. But um, in the comic, he says, I think he says, like, what are you doing? And I say, I'm feeling really sad, so I'm just going to stay in bed all day. And he says, well, I'll do that with you. And he just gets on, on top of me, on top of the covers. And I say, thank you. And it's a really, really simple comic. It's, But it's just, you know, it's like, I think everyone who has a pet, they'll always have a story where it's like, they knew I was sad and it's really weird. And they came and just sat with me and they knew that was what I needed. And I don't know if that's always projecting our own kind of feelings onto our pets, but I hope it isn't. I hope they do actually know. And I, I don't know, that was sort of just one of the, it kind of summed up what Rufus did for me through our lockdown, which was just be there when when other people I loved couldn't be there. Yeah, that was one. That was one that I, I drew it. And I was just like, yeah, this is going to get a lot of likes. <laughs> Whereas usually I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to do. But I drew that and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I've said something here. <laughs> which is very seldom for me but <laughs> yeah no it's, it's really good to really good to see i i do think like as we come out of this period there'll be because i've i said this to someone i can't remember who but this is like our world war ii um obviously mm. not in the you know exact same sort of way it's played out but in terms of that reference point that like going forward everyone will know and i think we're going to get like so many stories and films and games about sort of this period um, and you've kind of you've got in there first. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is our like this is what we're going to bore our grandchildren with with stories at Christmas, and they're like, oh, Grandma Rachel's talking about the pandemic, pandemic again. again. <laughs> 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 like, uh, I already watched the History Channel documentary about it. I know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, give her this this relic this dusty old nintendo switch and she always yeah. wants to play with that so that'll yeah, shut her up it, for a while. it calms it down <laughs> <laughs> that and animal farm uh, animal farm well different, different uh, animal crossing animal crossing <laughs> yes so completely different story that is um so you mentioned it uh, a little earlier about imposter syndrome and either during this period or just in in general like is there a way that you like you particularly deal with it um i mean it's a little bit of a catch-22 uh, as long as we're talking about classic uh, literature yeah. <laughs> um in the if you don't have it you probably need <laughs> oh it's so difficult if you don't have it, it probably means you're not doing that well because like if you if you get to a point in your career and you're just like yeah that's it now i'm i'm the best i'm the <laughs> Like, you need a little bit of a kind of, come on, I can do better than this. You need to always be trying to push yourself. And, Unless you're you know, Kanye West, then you've, you've got it. Unless you're Kanye West, then, I mean, yeah, just chill out a bit. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I think even people, you know, 
behind closed doors, even really famous people must feel it a little bit, just like, oh, come on, I need to do better. I need to, I need to get better at this this certain thing. This is my weak point. I need to. Uh, and then it gets to the point where sometimes you're just like, God, what? I don't deserve any of this success. What am I? What am I even doing? And at points like that, I'm. I just remind myself that you know, my the people that have got me here believe in me, and even if I don't, they they do. They're still buying my books. They're still reading my tweets, <laughs> and they're still, you know, they're still looking at my comics online. And so I must be doing something right because a lot of people people see that. And I don't know. I think the day I I feel like I don't want to better myself anymore is the day I should probably give up and yeah I just remind myself of that another thing I find quite hard sometimes and I don't think this is talked about enough because it's quite an ugly thing to talk about but I often get jealous of other people and that can be a a real time sink (laughs) because you'll just go through go through Instagram and be like oh my god this this person did this comic and it's got like 20,000 likes and that's, I'm never going to get that many likes and, and stuff like that. But I've, I've, I kind of, I've tried to get around that recently by, on not for quite a while actually, I've been doing this just to sort of feel happy for them. And, and that's a real difficult thing to do sometimes, but the more you, you practice it, the easier it gets. And so now I see things by, by people and I'll be like, Oh wow, that's so good. Like that. Cause it is good. Like they're, furthering my art form so there'll be more people looking at comics maybe because of they because they did this comic that is did really really well and and they're making the industry richer and and also they're they're probably really happy that this comic did really well and that's really nice to think about and yeah so sort of training your brain a little bit to kind of rethink that that emotion because it's such a natural emotion isn't it like you see someone doing really well and you're like why didn't I get a book deal? I should get a book deal. (laughs) (laughs) You immediately start telling yourself off where you should be actually happy for the person with the book deal. Um, So that's something that that I've been working on and and probably will be working on for for the rest of uh, my time, but at least I'm working on it. So yeah, imposter syndrome and and jealousy, I think go hand in hand quite a lot because often seeing someone doing very well will set off your imposter syndrome and and vice versa. And uh, yeah, they're not, they're not always useful things <laughs> if you can sort of exploit them to, to push yourself on. Keep your eyes on your own drawing board is something I say to myself a lot. If I find myself just going through Instagram, I'm just like, nope, come on. We need to draw, we need to actually draw our own stuff. Come on, Rachel. So That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, thanks. Because I struggle with that. I... Uh, I went to uh, Voodoo Dolls and no, um, I didn't do that. That would be a, a terrible thing. But um, I... <laughs> Why? Why actually? Because uh, it is a, is a real thing. Like I, I have a similar thing where it's like someone's doing something. It's not. It's not necessarily them. It's 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 like it's you or Lisa Michaels. It's, it's why aren't you also there? Like wherever they mm, are. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah. No, that's a, I think that's good advice that you've you've said a good way to look at it. And I think for me, the other thing I try and remember is that uh, there's a there's a cliche. I, I can't remember how it goes, but it's something about your own journey, your own path, or something mm. like where. Like sometimes I see something and it will kind of like trigger the imposter syndrome, and I I remember like I don't even want that like that <laughs> that thing that yeah. is, I don't actually want that. I'm not, like mm. there's, there's something specific that that I want, so work on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice way of thinking about it as well. I think your coping mechanisms are very good because I don't sometimes I don't even have the strength to yeah, like be like. <laughs> I uh, am happy for this person to the point where sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, you're just muted because I'm so fed up of seeing how oh. good, amazing you are. And I like feel so bad every time. I, and it's not that I'm like, 
why like it's not fair how dare you have that like you shouldn't have that it's the same thing it's like no mm. I should be up there as well like no <laughs> <laughs> why have I not achieved all of this it is really hard it is really hard I think just remembering that someone else's successes are not your failures yeah not and just like remember it's also feeling. social media <laughs> yeah I think like... if you, I think at that point it's probably just time to take a break from social media yeah <laughs> It's like everyone's lives aren't as polished as they look online, you know. Everyone has their down days and Yeah, it's all carefully curated online. You don't see all the sweat and tears that go into it. They don't just magically get a book deal. It's like ta-da, I got a book deal. It's they probably yeah. worked very, very hard. <laughs> I got one more question and then I wanna ask you for a uh, like a pro tip. Since we've been talking about the pandemic and you have a comic uh, about the pandemic, is there a new skill that you've had to learn or, or learn during the pandemic that you've kind of kept on or will keep on uh, after it patience i think you know what that's a <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> I, honestly i think between patience and empathy that those are the best things you could have learned coming out of the pandemic definitely and i think i kind of learned that pa- patience isn't about how long you had to wait for something it's about how you behaved while you were waiting for it so i'm hoping that you know me doing quarantine comics while I was waiting, you know, to be able to hug and kiss my boyfriend again. I hope that that was a good thing to do with my time instead of just, you know, being angry at everyone. Although I was very angry. <laughs> I, was very, I wasn't angry at people, I was angry at the situation. No, I was angry at the government and the situation. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm, I kind of, I'm proud of how I directed my frustrations and stuff into the comments i'm not saying i behaved perfectly you know I, I still got angry i still said rubbish things to my housemate out of frustration and and then had to apologize and you know i still said you know didn't maybe wasn't the best company on some of mine and heather's walks and and stuff like that but you know i'm i think i've become a bit more self-aware i think i guess because i spent so much time with myself just, yeah. <laughs> it would be hard not to become <laughs> more self-aware but yeah i i think i did okay that wasn't the question. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll accept but, the answer, um, though. Patience, self-awareness, yeah, empathy. I'd be really, I don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't. I'm, I I think I was already quite an empathetic person, but I don't, I'd be so surprised if anyone didn't have more empathy for their fellow human beings Ooh, after then all this. Allow me to surprise you. Have you heard of Twitter? <laughs> 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 have you? It's very easy to see the people that didn't help. Yeah. But I think it's it's helpful to remember that the people that did help, we didn't see them because they were staying in their homes. <laughs> so there were probably a lot more of them. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> okay, so before we wrap the interview, we're going to get into our guest advice. For each interview that we do, we ask our guests to give some advice for aspiring creative professionals. So since we're talking comics and illustration today, Rachel, what advice do you have for others listening who may want to make a career out of their art? I feel like I've burnt through quite a bit of my advice already, but I'll try and sum up. Um, (laughs) I guess, yeah, start now. Because a lot of people are just like, oh yeah, one day I'll make a comic. And it's like, well, if you really wanted to do it, just do it now. Like. Even if you're not in a situation where you can sit at your computer and write stuff down, just like start thinking about it in your head. Let If you've got a story idea, let it just sit in your head and, I don't know, let the characters talk to each other in your brain. It's fun. It's pretend that they're all stuck in a lift together. What happens? What? How do they all react to that? Yeah, start now, but start small. Don't try and do a big, 
you know, don't try and start with Lord of the Rings. Try and start with a little zine <laughs> about how your week was, <laughs> for example. And, and then, and like I say, you'll have made something and it didn't exist before. And that's an amazing feeling. I promise you it's worth it. I think I've covered everything else. The other thing, I don't know if this is really a thing anymore, but when I was starting out, I would read these stories about comic artists like staying up all night to meet a deadline and stuff. And that I always felt that was kind of romantic, like, you know, all these tortured artist types that were tired all the time and existed on coffee and pencil shavings and didn't really look after themselves very well. And I would like to say that's all um, ba- bad words. That's all, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> that's all, ru- I'll just go with rubbish again. That's all rubbish. Um, it's really, really important that you look after yourself and don't stay up all night. No project is worth that. And if anything, it's going to make work harder for you in the long run because you won't be in a fit state to do it. Um, so yeah, take breaks, take holidays. Everyone else takes holidays. You're no diff- creatives are no different. We need holidays as well, and we need weekends. And yeah, there's a great book I think it's by Alison Bechdel about like how to look after yourself and how to stretch every now and again if you're sat at your drawing board for too long. Because I I get I my posture at my drawing board is just dreadful. I need <laughs> to like get up every now and again because I I sit with my nose like three inches away from the paper just getting getting my line right and stuff and um yeah so look after yourself it's not cool to exist on coffee and pencil shavings eat pasta and go on holiday yeah <laughs> good advice eat pasta and go on holiday <laughs> <laughs> go to italy and kill two birds <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> cool all right. all right thank you for that so yeah i'm just gonna ask some a mixture of like follow-up questions and some questions that really don't fit anywhere else in the in the interview. <laughs> um, so first off, I'm really curious how are your plants doing? They're doing they're doing really well. <laughs> um, I actually moved in with Rob in December, yay, and brought all my plants with me. And he's got much greener fingers than I do, so they're actually really thriving <laughs> in this new house. Uh, I did all right, but, you know, I'm a bit clueless, but he actually knows about plants. So, yeah, they're doing really well. Thank you. <laughs> Can I just say, I also got plants during the pandemic. Uh, I don't have yeah. green fingers, but I did get oh, no. what are, I recently got what are effectively plant steroids. Like, I'm just going to say what it is. Um, and that seems to have helped. So that's my tip for today. Get some plant steroids. <laughs> Give your plants steroids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's legal. I don't know if no. I should have said that, but it's working. <laughs> Any any tips for someone that uh, is not a great plant mama? Uh, I guess just keep an eye on them. And if they're looking a bit poorly, you know, the internet's your friend. <laughs> awesome. And then I, so I recently had a conversation with someone about, like, they, they may or may not want to work on comics. So, like, the advice that I said to them was, like, just start, because that's what we hear for everything is just start. That's the only thing that you can do. But do you have any sort of, like, specific exercises or, like, things that people can do if they're just starting out, like, they've not even made comics yet, like, what they can do to start? Okay. A really nice thing that's really good to do with a comic is to think about... So I kind of cut my teeth on autobio comics, as I think a lot of comic uh, people did. Um, although I didn't let go, I'm still making them. But um, a really nice thing to think of is to draw how something happened and then draw how it felt. So like, uh, what's an example? There is um, 
So like when my book came out, it was a really strange day. I got a lot of tweets. I got some of my first hate mail. It was really exciting. That Oh, yeah, that's when I knew I'd made it. I got hate mail. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got it was mainly amazing journey you know people congratulating me and then I had my launch party in the evening but that day like I was just sat in front of my computer for most of that day so you know for the how how what it was like or how it was I would just draw myself in front of my computer but for the how it felt I'd probably draw myself on a, a roller coaster or something like so that's a really interesting exercise I think and um you know, also roller coasters, quite hard to draw. So that'll be good practice for you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Is there anything that you would, that you have like a goal to work on? Mm. I used to always say Squirrel Girl. And I do want to work on Squirrel Girl because she's my favourite superhero. But actually, I kind of, because I always think about what I want to be remembered for, which is a bit, bit of a morbid way to think about it. But, you know, I find it quite uh, sobering. <laughs> But like, I want to be remembered for telling my own stories. So there isn't really an, an IP that I think would make my career for me that would be like me ticking off my bucket list. I think just making stories that resonate with people and, and making up characters that, that, you know, people find really relatable. Yeah, so I'll just carry on as I am if that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, if Marvel do want me to write Squirrel Girl, absolutely. I'm, I'm fully, fully involved in that. Do you have any like characters that have yet to appear that you sort of got in your head? Oh, Nigel mentioned earlier my book Isabella and Bloodwin, and which I'm still drawing, which hopefully will be out next year. I've been working on that one for so so long, but I'm very very excited for people to meet Isabella and Bloodwin. So Isabella is this really stuck up um, teenage girl who's really really clever but not very good with people, so she's quite quite mean. <laughs> and then Bloodwin is a a really like malevolent mischievous witch and they become kind of uh, stuck together a little bit and they have to kind of help each other and the dynamic between the two of them is quite interesting and uh, yeah I'm very very excited for people to meet those characters but yeah I've always got um, things knocking around my head um, I've always got characters that I'm working on but yeah it's yeah it's crazy in my brain there's all kinds of people in there <laughs> yeah I think we know that feeling as well yeah okay. <laughs> I really, uh, yeah, I was really relating to the, to Bark and Friendly. Mm. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad, yeah, I'm glad they spoke to you. And I hope uh, your Barky isn't too big today. <laughs> yeah, no, not too big today. Friendly's pretty big today. We're, <laughs> we're good. <laughs> that's the right way around. <laughs> yeah. I have a project I'd like to talk about by my, my friend. I know you... Yeah, go ahead, if you have something to shout out. Cool. So there's a project I'm really excited about. It's a graphic novel called Candles, and it's by Lyndon White, and it's published by Cast Iron Books. And it just looks amazing. The the artwork's like really um, reminds me a lot of Princess Mononoke and like Ghibli films and stuff. So it's a story about a young girl called Grace, and she wants to save her family from a plague which is spreading across um, across her lands. And the only way she can do that is if she uses um, magic, which is really, really, really forbidden where she lives. Um, so she can get in a lot of trouble. Um, she also needs to steal this magic from a really powerful witch. So um, the odds are really stacked against her. But I just think it's such an exciting premise and I really want to dive in. And it's funding on Kickstarter right now. Um, so you can go on Kickstarter and just search Candles or Lyndon White and you'll get there. 
And uh, I really hope you do, because I really want this book to be a reality <laughs> so I can read it. <laughs> so it's quite a selfish plug, really, but there you go. <laughs> cool. Uh, we'll, um, yeah, we'll add that to the show notes when we put this episode out. Oh, yeah, please. That'd be awesome. Ah, nice. And yeah, I like that uh, advice on what do you want to be remembered for, as morbid as it sounds, is a good way to approach <laughs> things. So yeah, Rachel, thank you for joining us and giving us those nuggets of uh, of wisdom in, uh, over the past hour. Thanks for having me. It's been super fun. Cool. I appreciate you spending the time with mm-hmm. us. So um, yeah, and appreciate everyone listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of Story X Story, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a future episode. And you can also go back and listen to all our past episodes because that's how time works. Uh, you can also give us a rating uh, wherever you're allowed to give ratings. Uh, this helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. Uh, I brought it up uh, a few times uh, in our discussion, but our next manga, Serious Through the Fog, is coming in summer. So you can check out that when it's released. And as we sort of give little uh, sneak peeks over the next month, you can also check out the existing stories from the Maya Matter universe uh, on the website, mayamatter.com forward slash manga. And for any game fans out there, consider coming to our gamepad event. Our summer gamepad is happening on July the 10th. It's free, which is always uh, good. You can check out the game streaming, the interviews. It's all hosted by Tazzy. And uh, yeah, check that out, gamepad.events. And stay tuned for more podcast episodes, including creator interviews like this one, video game discussions, and general deep dives into stories across pop culture. You can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at myamada.com. And our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story. Until next time, everyone, stay tuned, stay safe. Think about how you want to be remembered too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that right now. Take care, everyone. Thank you.